Hello, and welcome to the Gems of Rock podcast, where two best friends talk all things rock music. I'm DB, and over there is DJ. Hello. Theme song. Uh, only a little bit of news I've got. Oh, we'll start off the show by saying we're sorry. We've, we've been away for a little bit. I was actually on my ass. I, it wasn't COVID, but it, it was something fluey and it knocked me fucking sick. Mate, mate man flu, it's like man flu, COVID, <laughs> like broken leg. That's like the, that's like, that's like the order. <laughs> the, the morning I woke up with it, I'd have taken the broken leg. It was, it, it was fucking horrible. I was shaking. I was hot, but I was shivering. It was You're always hot. not very hot. We all right? We good? I think so. There we go. Bear with technical difficulties. Ah, we're back. Yeah, I had uh, I had man flu, and it was absolutely fucking horrible. So yeah, uh, if anyone else got it while they were at uh, the Rebellion Fest or anything like that, I uh, apologise because it was fucking horrific, very bad. And you are in holiday mode because you've got you you've been on holiday for the past three years. <laughs> deserve it. That's what I'm saying. I fucking deserve it. Uh, only bit of news I've got because this episode's potentially already going to be a long one because it's the Rebellion review. But um, Rage Against the Machine were meant to be headlining Leeds, and I know that a lot of people went out and bought tickets to see to bought tickets for Leeds Festival to see Rage Against the Machine, and they pulled out. I don't know why they pulled out. I don't know what's happened. I don't know if one of them's got COVID or if it's scheduling or I don't know what's happened. But they've been replaced by the 1975, who are a good band. But you've not nearly got that legacy status that Rage have got, have you? If if you've gone out and bought a ticket to see Rage Against the Machine and you get told the 1975 are in their place, you'd be absolutely fucking raging. Maybe pardon the pun. It'd, it'd, be, it'd crush you, wouldn't it? It'd be horrible. There's, there's not many 1975 songs I can name. and I, I, I don't know if they're a better fit for Leeds, but they're probably not because you know, Leeds does pull all, all sorts of music of various types. Mm. You know? Yeah, yeah. It's like if it was download, I'd be fucking I'd be hilarious. You know what oh, I mean? yeah, like, yeah. Where it's a bit more secular in what music yes. is played yeah, yeah but you know like i could name like nice that they do chocolate is that them? they do do chocolate and like somebody else and be my mistake and i i've got i know a couple i know chocolate <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty much as far as my knowledge goes but yeah if, if you're one of those people who are now trying to resell your tickets best Wee. of luck <laughs> sorry i was going away i know i keep laughing i do keep laughing at it all week i'm gonna go oh if that was me i'd be fucking fuming being bits but because it's not me it's kind of funny so, uh, doesn't yeah. sound. Doesn't sound well, like my problem. <laughs> but yeah, best of luck selling your tickets because I think they are being arseholes about refunds at the minute. So uh, yeah, good luck to you. So yeah, I uh, say, are you sitting comfortably? <laughs> I went to the Rebellion Punk Festival in the Winter Gardens in Blackpool and it was fucking amazing. First off, the weather was fucking bliss the whole time I was there. Like... This is the first proper year that Rebellion, the full Rebellion Festival has had an outdoor stage on the headland. And just watching some of the bands there that I weren't over, I didn't know, know much by them was an enjoyable experience just because the weather was nice. It just stood and listened. Oh, I don't know. It was bliss. But yeah, I did. Uh, as soon as I said that I'd done this, you went, oh, that's a very me thing to do. I made a little list and I made a little review of like pretty much all the bands I went to go see. So I've got a little chunk of stuff to talk about for each day. So it was Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and then I tried to see headliners on each day. But yeah, the whole thing was, as a sort of beginning bit, it was fucking brilliant. 
So on the Thursday, I got there around lunchtime and the queue... So basically, you, you buy tickets for it in advance and you have your ticket for it going in. And on the day, you queue up to go to the ticket exchange where they swap your ticket for a wristband for the festival. So if you've got a day ticket, you get a day wristband or a weekend. And the queue to get in to the ticket exchange in the new entrance to the Winter Gardens, it took me 10, 15 minutes to walk to the end of the queue. <laughs> now, the queue moved dead quickly. Can't fault it at all. It moved very quickly. But it literally went right the way up the street. It crossed the road. It went round the corner in the square and then went right the way back down past Churchill's and then Whistle Green and down that way. It was, like, literally miles long. But, yeah, they, they flew through the queue. But, yeah... My first band, that I, as soon as I got in, the first band that I saw that was in the little pavilion stage was a band called Susie Moon, who are from America, and their lead singer has, like, bright pink hair, and she was wearing, like, a proper glittery fluorescent carnival jacket kind of thing, and they were just really good. Like, to step into a rebellion, and this is the first band you come across, they were fucking great. They had some fucking mad attitude to their songs, and she ended their set by smashing the guitar to pieces on stage. Which is always, 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 a part of me as a musician kind of goes, oh, I don't like that. You're seeing pound signs. Exactly, yeah, yeah, just seeing like, oh, no. But at the did, same did you time, clock I, what kind of guitar I it was? I didn't, I didn't. Oh, so I like, did, did, she, did she like, subtly, she'd been playing some like Les Paul and switched it out to some like, <laughs> yeah. starter guitar exactly, for like yeah. a tenor and, you know, without, you know. <laughs> well, I, th I think she was actually genuinely having some problems with it, with like feedback or like a bit of an issue with it towards oh. the end of the set. Right. So I think it was part of that frustration as well as being a sort of punky kind of move. Vibe, yeah, yeah. Exactly. But yeah, so she smashed it to bits on stage and then for the last song or two, she just had the neck of the guitar that she was just kind of reeling around and like oh, sort of running around like a bat. It was fucking very cool. So yeah, they were. Cool. I didn't catch their full set. I only catched the back half of it, but they were very good. Uh, I then wandered off and I went to, as I was trying to explore the stages of the first thing to kind of find my bearings, the second band I saw were a band called Spider. Again, they're an American band. And I was thinking that, I was like, I've been here and I've seen two full sets now and both bands have been very American. Like, very kind of... It was a bit weird, kind of like, I'm in Blackpool. Like, I'm in my hometown watching proper punk bands. And they were both American. But uh, for, the, for my notes on that, I wrote Spider. Another Yank band, top stuff. Great. Dan, your j journalistic <laughs> like, acumen there is just absolutely top draw. But yeah, they were good. They had a load of energy. And the, the crowd wasn't massive, because again, people were just starting to come into the mm. place. So they must be playing one of the first sets in there. But yeah, they, they were brilliant. They proper bounced off the audience and stuff like that. So they were really good. Uh, the... I then had a conversation with so a conversation. It was a basically there's a song by the Clash called Hitsville UK, and in it he's got like a choir singing and a female singing different parts of it. And basically that was playing as sort of in between set music in this room. And the guy was proper pointing at it, and he was with his mate. And he was like, "What's this song? I know this song." So I went, "Oh, it's Hitsville UK. It's by the Clash." Oh yeah, but it's a cover, isn't it? It's not the original version. I was like, no, it, it is the original version. He just he has like a singer for this part of the song. No, it's not. The, it's, it's not the original version. It's not. I was like, okay. <laughs> and I was like, of that, and she was like, you should have said. She's like, yeah, I'm an international, um, <laughs> an international authority on rock music. It's definitely this track. But yeah, he uh, he wasn't very happy, and he walked away. <laughs> the next band I saw was a band called Wonk Unit. Now, I was moaning that some of the bands... I, I, I noted that some of the bands hadn't been like a UK-based band or anything. Wonk Unit, uh, very much, uh, uh, yeah. 
Uh, they've got songs like it. It was something like, uh, my friend's my mate, but he's a cunt. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. It was that kind of music, and he had this really kind of fun swagger on stage, and he was like proper. But yeah, they had a song that was like, like anthemy ones that everyone can just like, Ba 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 ba, and just get on with the tune and the stuff. So yeah, I put Wonk Unit, UK band finally, and then ba 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 ba. ba. <laughs> I like to point out by this point, I hadn't had a drink. I didn't. I, I barely drank the whole festival. But yeah, my note. Uh, well, at least that's about. what you're putting on record with your wife listening in the background. <laughs> 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 that's, that's what you're putting out. Definitely there. didn't drink any. But um, but yeah, Wonk Unit, ba 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 ba. They were really good. And then, as I was saying earlier, the first band that I went to go see in the RFS stage, which was fucking brilliant, was a band called Dread Zone, who I'd seen years and years ago at um, the Boardmaster Festival down in Newquay, the Relentless Boardmasters. And they're like a sort of really chilled out, scar, reggae, dance group, where it's all like really... It's almost... Some of the stuff almost like Groove Armada, which is that really sort of slowed down kind of... That was really good. So obviously that was outside in the sunshine and then the stage and the really smooth jazz and the bass. And I was like, oh yeah, this is cool. So yeah, they were really, really good. At Dread Zone, a band that I'd happily go see on their own, whether they were playing a festival or not, I'd happily go see Dread Zone. And then uh, I went to go see Anti-Flag towards the end of that day, uh, who were very good. They were very heavy. I think they were, I can't remember if they were the office stage or indoors, but yeah, they were very much very energetic aggressive kind of heavy more distorted rock music and they were really good that was a really nice change because up to that i'd seen dread zone who were a lot more scar and reggae and chilled out and then going from that to then see anti, uh, to see anti-flag was very much a, the contrast kind of hit and i was like yeah this is they were very much leaning more towards the motorhead end of the scale with their uh, distorted and stuff and thursday night ended with the levelers which i've never seen live before and my parents have always told me to go see the levelers when i get a chance but fucking hell, what a d- they ended the Thursday night with um, a song called Beautiful Day. And it's like, what a beautiful day, what a beautiful mind. And it's such a party song. Like everyone's jumping and proper laughing and pushing each other around and stuff. They, they ended with, it was almost like a party was going on within just this little venue of our fest. It was, the energy there was so fucking cool and so amazing. And everyone was just having a good time with it. And it was such a sort of happy jump around song that by the end of that, I was like, okay, yeah, this is a good way to start, to start the festival like at the end of the first day. They've also got One Way as well, which they played halfway through the set. Like, There's only one way of life and that's your own. And it's just fucking, it was so cool, but yeah. That was Thursday. <laughs> that was day one. It was really good. It was. I definitely suggest getting a ticket like next year if you wanted to come down for a day or if there was a band you wanted to. Was it value for money overall, do you reckon, the four days? Yeah. Because the... how many bands did you see total? I remember you tatted up. Oh, you? 26, 27. Across four days. Yeah. I think that... it, was, it was close to 30 bands, I think. Yeah, I thought, you, I thought you said 29. I might have said, yeah, yeah. I, I can't come up again in the end, but yeah, it was, it was definitely... For the headliners alone, you pay. So I, because I bought my early bird ticket in 2019 for the 2020 one. So I bought mine just as the 2019 festival ended. I bought my ticket for 2020. And then obviously it's just been not on for the past two years. <laughs> so I think I, my ticket was about 145 quid, I think. So 145 quid for four days worth of gigs. It was just, it, it worked out fucking brilliant value for money i think you the early bird tickets now you can't get for less than 200 
Yeah, so 36 quid a day. Give it's or take. Fuck, yeah. You, you, who are you seeing now for 36 quid? It's like, it's slim pickings, isn't it? But yeah, then on Friday, again, similar thing. I got up, I went into town, had a breakfast sandwich, sat with my back against the church, and then just stood up and walked into the venue. And literally, literally every day I kind of got up and just went, oh, I'll, get, I'll eat something out, I'll disappear and do it. First band I saw was a band called I Destroy. And again, I've just written I Destroy, dash, energy and attitude. And then the second band I went to go see was a band that someone had already told me that that was their band that they were buying the ticket to go see. Mm. And they're the band that I said you'd like, but I think Fell would really fucking like them. They're a band called Popes of Chili Town. And as I said to you, they've got a guy that gets up in a full Pope outfit and he's literally only there to come onto the stage, introduce the band as Popes of Chili Town and then fuck off. And that was it. He wasn't on stage throughout the set. He wasn't jumping around or dancing during any of the songs or anything. He came out, he did this introduction, and then he, he left. And then people kept spotting him about the whole venue, the whole festival, the whole day, and getting pictures of him. But the band themselves, they've got like a proper scar set up as well. So they've got all the brass instruments. They've got a trumpet and a saxophone as part of their as part of their lineup. I think that's one of Fell's thing, isn't it? Fell says a song is always made better well, as, sax, a, as a saxophone. Loves a bit of brass. Yeah, a bit of brass in the song, yeah. But yeah, they had some proper bouncy tracks and they had some... And again, they were one of the earlier bands of the day, so they must have been on about half one, two o'clock in the afternoon. The place was packed. They played like the Casbah stage, which is like the underground car parky type one, and it was mobbed by like half two in the morning. So obviously they'd brought the crowd in themselves. Mm just by people knowing them, but fucking hell. To be to be that packed out that early, that was really good. And then the rest of my day on Friday was spent at the R-Fest stage, which was all the outdoor venue. So the R-Fest in general was, uh, we went to go to the festival area when we went to go see My Chemical Romance, because obviously mm -hmm. they tagged themselves on... To the neighborhood weekend. So it was that. So they closed off the whole headland area. So literally from where they set up the stage at the end of the comedy carpet right the way down to pretty much um, North Pier. Wow. was shut. So they had two long beer carts like they had at that festival that we went to. They had loads of um, cubicle, like toilet blocks, and then they got all different food vans, and then it was like a proper good like festival setup. Logistically, would it like you, I know you, you've mentioned like we've had these kind of heat waves, and it was kind of in the sweet spot of a heat wave. Mm. Would it have worked... Logistically, would it still have been enjoyable if Blackpool had Blackpool? I don't know. There's, there was no shelter. There was nothing to stand. Because it's not. It's not always. It's not always the rain in our neck. It's, it's the wind. It's that yeah. coastal chill that like, takes two or three degrees off the top. That was one of my main worries. So on this day, I had a ba I had bands that clashed. I had the headliner who I chose to saw at our fest clashed with the headliner who's playing inside, and I was very much on the like even bef on the day of, I was still debating which one I was going to go see, and it was the weather that. That I was like, if the weather's shit, I'm not staying outside. I'll mm -hmm. go inside and I'll, I'll happily go and see them. Were they uh, rinsing you for food and drink prices relative? You know, it, was, it was all right. They had a food van that was doing pizzas for about a tenner, I think. And they're mm -hmm. like, would, like, you would stove pizzas. And, mm -hmm. I think the pizza was a tenner and your garlic bread was like six quid. But literally, because you're on the promenade... What I did, I came out of it and went across the road and just bought a hot dog from one of the little like ice cream vendors and that mm -hmm. kind of stuff across the road and then came back in. Was it? Because you didn't you say it was a bit nasty getting back in? So you... yeah, so because of where the entrance was, you had to walk to North Pier to then come down the prom down there, and then they had the railing zigzagging. 
to get you in. So obviously they thought they were going to get massive queues for anyone coming in to, to obviously be able to control the queue. And they were checking, feeling everyone down on the way in as well, making sure you weren't bringing in booze or weapons or whatever. I just pinched you for a second, just feeling, just feeling someone's vibe like, no, you've come with the wrong attitude. Fuck off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel, I feel like you've got the wrong energy. <laughs> you're not, you're not in the right mental state. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Piss off. <laughs> you're not ready for this. So yeah, there was, it was quite of an ask to get in, but it was the security I found were fine. Like a lot of people had issues. A lot of people saying they were a bit heavy-handed and some of the stuff. I, I imagine that they were some of them, but I didn't experience any of that. Any dealings I had with them, getting into anywhere or getting out or anything. I, I breezed through them. They were they were nice as pie with me. I was absolutely fine. So yeah, by the time I got to the R-Fest, the first band that I saw there was um, from the Jam. So they were obviously members from the Jam when they set up. Obviously, it's not Paul Weller. It's different uh, musicians playing. But they were fucking great. They played like all the Jam's biggest hits. So you got Town Called Malice. They started with Down in, Down in a Tube Station at Midnight. They played Going Underground. They played Eaton Rifles. See, I can't hear Going Underground because I always think of the fucking parody. Yeah, yeah, the parody. Oh. It's London Underground. London Underground. Yeah. Like old school internet reference. But yeah, there was... I think starting with Down in a Tube Station at Midnight. Again, that's got the... Whoa, it's got like a whole bit where the whole crowd kind of kicks in and sings along. That was really good. And then uh, after From the Jam, it was the Skids who were within the top sort of 10 bands I saw this whole weekend because the skids were fucking so cool. He kept coming out and he was saying, there's some amazing bands playing this weekend. Obviously, you're seeing this band, this band, this band. And then he go, but we're the fucking skids. And he just started some of a set. And he was, I don't know, they were cool as fuck. Like some of the songs they did. They made the jokes, obviously, U2 and Green Day in the past decade covered Saints Are Coming as their charity single. And uh, he was quite happy that the U2 covered it because it meant more people heard it and discovered the skids and found it and stuff like that. So uh, he occasionally now gets asked, oh, when are you going to cover a U2 song? And his response is, oh, eat shit and die. <laughs> Every time, apparently, he just he, he, said it, he said it on stage a lot. He was quite good with it. But yeah, so that was quite fun. But yeah, they end, uh, they've got a song called Into the Valley, which again, is, is just everywhere. The bands have got those songs that they could just probably play over and over and over again as a full set of just this one track. Into the Valley by the Skids is up and there. Then it was the Undertones, and then they had Here Comes the Summer, which they fucking nailed. They had Jimmy Jimmy, which was so good, and they played Teenage Kicks. And again, being in a group of people that obviously know that track and have heard that track from whenever they first heard it back in the 70s, and then hearing the band play it was pretty fucking cool. So yeah, hearing Teenage Kicks by the Undertones was a, was a moment. And then the Friday night ended with the best band of the whole weekend, hands down so this was the band that i said if the weather's good i will stay out and i will watch this band because kind of thing. Yeah. exactly and if it's not i'll go inside so the band inside that i chose not to see was sham 69 which i do regret missing a little bit because it was jimmy percy headlining and he's fronting the band again is that kind of legacy to it i chose to stay at our fest and watch the stranglers and my fucking god they, they were they were the best band of the whole weekend hands down they were the easily the best band this all their sound was on point to say they were playing an outside gig their bass guitar was just do you know it it rattled everything in me like every every fucking pluck of that bass guitar was it, it sent shivers through me it was amazing and, and their use of organy piano yeah synthesizer yeah. parts yeah. are fucking incredible but my favorite song by them is a song called nice and sleazy and the bass line to it is just like do 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 and it's like <laughs> It's like everyone, you can almost see the waves coming from the, it was so cool. But yeah, they Rattles nailed your bones. 
they nailed their set. They had good sort of a bit of banter between the audience between set, but he didn't talk on for half a day in between the songs. It was literally track, track, track. It, they, they only played like fucking belting tracks. But yeah, they were fucking magnificent. They were, if they ever tour again, they were the band that I'll happily pay a bit more money to go see the Stranglers again. Because fuck me, they were so cool. <coughs> Pardon me. So yeah, after that, it was Saturday. And I started Saturday with a Brazilian band who, again, the concert, the, the gig the room that they were playing in was packed. And this must have been at half one in the afternoon, two o'clock in the afternoon. It was fucking heaving. And they're called Los Fastidios. F Fast, I-D-I-O-S. Fastidios. Fasted, yeah, that. I'm pretty sure they're from Brazil, but fucking hell. They, they, they having what, the... what makes you say Brazil? I'm just going to let you dig a hole in. I think they had a Brazilian flag up at okay, one point right. behind them. <laughs> and I know there's a massive punk movement in Brazil, and I remember speaking to people in 2019 that came down that were specifically coming down to see a Brazilian band, and I'm pretty sure this was the band. It might not be. I might be completely wrong. <laughs> they were fucking so good. They were just... That, just the energy and they were just getting crowds to sing along to words that they mustn't right. have known. You, you get three more energies this podcast. Oh, right? They were. You, like, you yeah. need a fucking thesaurus yeah, in this. Yeah, right? I did. <laughs> <a thesaurus. laughs> yeah. get three more energies. It was fucking, <laughs> they were so good. It was electric. Like they, they got the whole crowd singing back anthems or repeating words or like whoa, whoa's and stuff like that. They were, their audience interaction was fucking amazing. And again, it was packed. So there must've been hundreds of people that have just flown Two down to Rebellion just to see that band. Uh, again, I, then after that, I saw a little bit of Crashed Out, who were a band that people said to go see, but I just caught a bit of them because they were in the pavilion. So the pavilion stage is like a horseshoe in the Winter Gardens, and you've got all your merch stands that go around the outside, and then in the middle, you've got your pavilion stage, which is like one room with all doors that lead off to the outside. Basically, the room was packed, and people were stood in the merch area, at the doorways, trying to, catch. trying to catch bits of the set, trying to look into. So I only managed to get a bit of crashed out, but they were very, they were really good. They're uh, again, they seem to be having a lot of jokes and interaction and proper banter with the crowd in between their tracks and proper pointing at people and making fun of people in the audience and stuff. And then yeah, uh, after that it was nine nine nine. Now my moment with nine nine nine, and again I remember going home and telling the wife or telling her the next day, was I remember the first ever time I went to the punk festival my dad took me to for the day to see like uk subs and on the day we went to go see 999 and before they started playing my dad said right they're gonna play a song called homicide and when they play this track you'll feel the floor move and it's like in you it doesn't matter what room you're in doesn't matter where they're playing and stuff like even if you're not if you're upstairs you can be not in that concert when 999 play homicide you'll feel the floor move and I remember as a kid, not knowing the song, not knowing words and stuff, but dad nudging me when they started playing. And you do, like the floor bounces because the song's not super fast paced. It's like, I don't know, almost, it's, it's almost like a, steady. A, a thunderstruck, like ACDC. It's quite, yeah, yeah, yeah. Nah, nah, it's nah, quite nah, a steady nah, beat. Nah, yeah, nah. yeah. That, yeah. Bang, bang, it one, is. two, what, yeah, it just builds. And that's, that was it. I remember it from being a kid and then being stood there in that moment of the weekend, just gone, knowing that homicide's coming. And now knowing all the words to it so I can sing along and get involved with the song and everything, but still knowing that to just take a few seconds out of the song just to feel the floor underneath you. Because it does. It Literally the whole floor bounces up and down to this track. It's such a fucking cool moment. 
very, very cool. So yeah, Nan and Nan were amazing. They've got songs like Nasty Nasty and Emergency, but Homicide was a uh, Homicide was the one that got everyone fucking moving. Very cool. Then I caught a band on the introducing stage called Lady Rage, who I have the sticker in the back of my phone still from seeing them. So at this point, I'd gone to get some food and. Because all the little venues inside the Winter Gardens itself that did feud, the queues go on for days. And obviously they're going to charge you through the nose for it as well because you're inside the Winter Gardens at that point. But there was a little vegan place in the at the end of the introducing stage. There was a little vegan little shutter stall thing where they were doing food from. And I saw some woman come over from it and she had a slice of margarita pizza and chips. And in my head I was like, oh yeah, vegans can eat chips. In my, in my, heart, in my head... Because like, how many beers you had? Like, please don't. Like, no, 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 no. I hadn't. I wasn't drinking. But in my head, you obviously look around. You see the food venues and stuff, and you see like there's a vegan one. It's like, well, I'm not gonna. Why would I? I'm not gonna go to the vegan one. Why am I gonna queue up at the vegan one? I'm not a vegan. Completely, just completely didn't realize that. Oh yeah, they, they, they do chips. So I got some chips from that, and I was sat in the introduction stage, introduction stage little area in the arena, and just sat with my back to the wall, just eating these chips, listening to this band Lady Rage who were playing on stage at the time. And then they went. Um, they were talking about the some of our influences are sort of one of the big punk acts that sort of lead the industry, and we've got loads of influences that are this kind of thing. Mm -hmm. They said, but we've also got some influences that are shit. <laughs> like right, okay. So I kind of like, all right, all right. Mouthful of chip. And they went, have we got any people that sort of were born a bit later than some of the other ones in the room, like any millennials or Gen Zs? And I'm like, ah, mouthful of chips. <laughs> I kind of stand up and I'm like, me. <laughs> and they went, all right. Well, this song's called Sound of the Underground. And they played a punk version of Sound of the Underground. And it was fucking... It, it was one of the coolest things I saw across the whole weekend. It was they absolutely nailed it. They, prop, they were proper screaming. Well, I played you a couple of the tracks when we were bouncing around in the car the other day. They were proper screamy, shouty punk band, but they've got the instruments nailed down. So yeah, they were really good. So again, I went up to them after the thing, after they finished the set, and I was like, that was the coolest... That was <laughs> that, especially that cover song was the coolest thing I've maybe seen all weekend so far. And I bought a badge and a sticker for a pound from them. And I've still got the sticker in the uh, in the back of my phone currently. Which still looks pretty fucking cool. But yeah, Lady Rage. That's a bit, if, if, if I have to recommend a band from this whole thing for you to go and find and listen to a bit of out there, it's uh, Lady Rage. Go find them. Uh, then I went to go see um, Henry Clooney, who we've seen before. He does the um, XSLF. He does the Exif Little Fingers tours, and it used to be with Jim Riley, but now it's just Henry Clooney and other musicians. But he was on his own doing an acoustic set of Stiff Little Fingers tracks just upstairs in the little acoustic area, and he, he was fucking on point as he always is. Again, just proper making jokes when people when audience members start singing along and they come in a bit too early with the gotta getaways or like the bits that the audience participation if they come in a little bit too early, he'll stop the song Stone Dead and have a go at them, and he'll proper bring up the part and he has to remember where he is in the guitar then to carry on going. But he, because he only had half an hour or 40 minutes on the acoustic set, he was just going, right, what do you want to hear? Because I've not got a set list. Like, what do you want? And I shouted out Tin Soldiers and he finished the set with Tin Soldiers. So that was quite a really... I, was I, admit, I, I feel that's one I would have liked to explain. I can't picture SLF X or otherwise working massively acoustically. No. It was the, the almost I, I, I acoustic stage. Yeah, I, I, struggled, I struggled to picture that. Yeah. So it was just him and his guitar. And it wasn't. It was. It wasn't like overly distorted or anything like that. But it wasn't an acoustic guitar, if that makes sense. Right, it okay. was like an electric plugged in. 
But yeah, that was magic. That was fucking cool seeing that. And then ended that day watching Exploited, who are will have been the heaviest band I saw all weekend. So what he came out and he's an proper old school Scottish punk with the pink mohawk and the angry attitude and the kind of thingy. And he made a comment that obviously we've heard some of the security have been a bit heavy handed with some of the fans over the weekend. So we'd just like to say we're not having any of that while we play our set. And I'm pretty sure his words were, if any of the fuckers want to try and get on stage while we're playing, we'll beat the shit out of them ourselves. Thank you. <laughs> it was that kind of, it was so good. Like everyone was just cheering along. But they end their set with a song called Sex and Violence. And literally, the end, at the end of that song, what he, the main singer from Exploited is just pointing at audience members in the crowd and just going, come on. And they just sort of overrun the security. And by the end of Sex and Violence, there must have been 40 people all on the stage with Exploited, just jumping around on stage, not causing any hassle, not doing anything, just literally being there. Most of them had their phones out. They were just happy to be on stage recording the moment. But he kept pointing down at the security guards and just going, ah, why can't I just like, put his two fingers up and shit like that? Because it was the kind of like, no, you you need to know what kind of crowd you're trying to control. It's No one's there to cause fights or anything like that, cause trouble. Well, you said that. You, you said you saw some interesting extracurriculars on, was it the Saturday night? Oh, it's the... Uh, With our waste refuge. No, yeah, yeah, I showed you the... That was the, the final, that was after on Sunday. That oh, was that after, Sunday, not that Saturday. That was after everything finished. Yeah, uh, some of the people had dragged two of the giant industrial bins that people were throwing bottles and stuff away. And they'd got into the fountain in these bins. And <laughs> they were just bin jousting. And it was like, one, two, three, four, I declare a bin war. And my bin's bigger than your bin. And <laughs> I can't remember. There was some proper good chance. But yeah, they were just pulling them back and smashing them into each other. But again, that was quite funny if you can find the video. But yeah, so that, that was the Sunday. So the last day is the Sunday. And the Sunday, I started the day with the Buzzcocks, who weren't great. Now, I think they had sound issues with their soundboard because they, they couldn't get their levels right. Their guitar were, his guitar, the lead singer's guitar wasn't as loud as it should have been in parts. And his microphone seemed to drop out during some songs as well. So I'm going to put most of it down to they had technical issues, which happens. But he didn't do some of the songs justice. So were they your... Because I've written... I've had a few questions that you've answered even without me asking. About, <laughs> right. Like, recommended. You've gone for Lady Rage and, you know, like this, that and the other. Yeah. Were they your disappointment slash worst band? Because I've put them I put them next to each other. But if you want to judge them as two different questions, you know, like, what's objectively... Sorry, subjectively, the worst band and who was your biggest disappointment? Yeah, they'd be both, yeah. They'd be I both. Think that, I think both would be Buzzcocks. Only because... Now, what, Buzzcocks, they're... In 2019, their lead singer died. It was um, Pete Shelley. And he passed away. And he was, he wrote, he was like one of the main figures in some of their big songs, like Ever Fallen in Love with Someone You Shouldn't Have Fallen in Love With and Orgasm Addict and stuff like that. So he was like, he was quite prominent. His voice was quite iconic. Mm. So the guy did, the guy that was singing the songs has been in the band for years as well mm -hmm. and he's been making new stuff and the new stuff that he was coming out with and playing with them sounded really good because obviously that's what he's put into the band that's what he leads and he's that's what he's that comfortable process. singing yeah. so some of that stuff was fantastic some of the stuff was really good and hearing stuff like ever falling in love with someone you shouldn't fall in love with like just being part of the crowd singing that song back to the band was a fantastic moment it was good it was just 
there was parts of it, there was every other track, I'd say a tenth of the audience left. Right. So, so it wasn't just me. It wasn't just me thinking like, oh, this baby isn't as good as it should be. So, and again, it was at the R-Fest stage and you could literally buy tickets just to go to the R-Fest area, ah, right. which is on the headland. So I bet people will have bought day tickets just to go see Buzzcocks because they're one of the big headliners mm-hmm. and they didn't bring it. It's, it's, it's not nice to say, but it's, it's, it's true. Like, I'll happily go and support them. I'll go see them again, but then their performance there wasn't, uh, wasn't very good. The, then I went inside and I saw a band called uh, Pete and Diesel who are from Scotland and most of their sets in Gaelic. Really? <laughs> yeah. They were really good. So they're both sat down on each end of the stage and they've got a guitar and an accordion. But yeah, most of their song, it's, it's, it's got that Celtic kind of feel to it. It's almost like, I know it's not Irish, but it's Scottish, but it's got that kind of a Celtic feel to it. It's got that kind of joy and that kind of upbeatness and it's that kind of fun. But yeah, they were really good. And I knew I wanted to be in this venue because it was UK subs, then followed by Ruts DC, then finishing the Sunday with Stiff Little Fingers. So on previous nights, there had been queues to get into the main door. For the final act. For the final act. So you get get headliners. Exactly. So there would be people who went to go see Sham 69 on the day that I chose to stay and see Stranglers that went to go see Sham 69, got there before their set started, and still couldn't get in. But they couldn't get in because they were told the Winter Gardens was at capacity or they were told there was too much of a queue just to get in this one venue that it congested the place up to that point. So it was hazardous to let people in, which if you bought a ticket to go see that band and you're being told you can't get in, then you you potentially oversold. You've you've oversold the weekend. So Mm. there's there's issues there. So because I've heard these rumours and these stories of people being disappointed, not being able you to see the band. I locked myself in early. I uh, so Pete and Diesel I wasn't planning to see, but they were the band that were on before UK subs. So I went and got in Two bands so, early. exactly, yeah. So I got in and I got a position at the very back of the room so I could sit with my back to the wall or stand with my back to the wall. So basically I was leaning against this back and I had this fucking ideal spot i was i was like i was so happy by that point as well i'd chosen not to drink so i was just i had two bottles of water on me so i didn't have to move from the spot i wasn't having to go for a piss every fucking three seconds or queue up for another drink or anything like that i was literally just made myself at home in this little spot i found at the very back of the venue and i was like i'll stay at the back and i'll watch pete and diesel and i might stay at the back for uk subs because i can still see the crowd because it's kind of on a step at the back and i can get some videos and stuff and then my stiff little fingers when they come out, like as the last band, I'll go and get up in it and I'll be part of the main crowd, which is what I did. Seeing UK subs uh, was great. Their set wasn't as long as I'd want it to be, but my ideal UK subs track, my ideal UK subs set list is about two hours long. Mm. So <laughs> only getting an hour out of it. And Charlie turns 80 this year, like their lead singer that's up there. And he's still got the energy. He was still there every day. I saw him at the merch stand and bouncing around the venue and stuff. He's still got it. And he nailed all of his songs, but fair enough. They're doing, they're doing what they do in the time they've got and fucking off, which I don't blame them. They are, but yeah, UK subs were fucking amazing as they are every year. Ruts DC were really good, who were the band in between UK subs and Stuff Little Fingers. They have a song called Babylon's Burning, which again, the crowd, whole crowd got into. They could have just played that song 20 times and the crowd would have been happy. And then the whole weekend ended with Stiff Little Fingers, which... I saw Stiff Little Fingers last year. I've seen Excess I left since and then saw Henry. 
it was just as good as all those times put together. He nailed every track. It's rare I see... I said that after I came, I came straight here after seeing Stiff Little Fingers after the Sunday. And I said, it's rare I ever see a band where I know every track that comes out. Mm. Every song they played, I sung or shouted my heart out. To the yeah, point you're, where... You're a bit hoarse. Exactly. To the point where people around me were like, fucking hell, he knows, like, he knows every fucking word. Like, it was an amazing set then they nailed it. he wasn't talking for hours on end which you can which jake can do he can normally talk to talk people to death in between his tracks but yeah they played uh they played a song called safe as houses and the up bit where you're singing in that he was complaining that he never used to play it live he had to put it down a key to be able to sing it because he's gotten to that stage in his career now that he can't sing it how he used to do but me and this other guy nailed it, how it was supposed to be sung in the original key. Because we, it was like one of the last songs towards the set as well, but we proper threw everything into it. You think. We fucking nailed it. Like, <laughs> people, like, literally, people around go, oh, no, they weren't. But it was like, it was sure. so fucking good. But then, again, I mean, you make friends, so I started find this other guy that sort of knew every word and stuff. Punk friend. And exactly, yeah. So I ended up quite close to him and we were sort of shouting lyrics together and proper having a good time, proper jumping and pushing each other around to alternative. You're just trying to make me jealous, aren't you? Just it was, but that moment, and then the band finished and obviously everything went quiet because they were the last band so there wasn't much music on after it. And uh, I went, oh, fucking hell, man. They're so good. I see them every year. And this guy responded to me in the most yank accent you've ever fucking heard in your life. And I'm like, oh my God, you're American. And he went, yeah. I'm like, what the fuck? What? what? And I was like, he's the only other person I saw then literally every song of Stiff Little Fingers. And I'm like, this this doesn't make sense. Why? Well, I don't understand. But I was only speaking to him for a little bit. What did you want to give him like? I don't know. Deep I, in Ulster. Literally, <laughs> like, as Irish as the day is long. Yeah. Thomas Shelbert. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know. In my head, at least he was going to be English. But you know, he was American. I was like, fucking fair play to you, mate. Absolutely. I don't know why I quote the people. He was the first like, right. Oh, uh, <laughs> yeah, first Irish fucking uh, song. Uh, you know, like, people in season one got it. <laughs> Inspector Campbell. I'm there. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, he was American. It blew my mind. But yeah, Stiff Little Fingers were fucking incredible. And always, always will be. I'll always see you Stiff Little Fingers whenever they tour locally. <clears throat> but yeah, that was it. I then came out of there. I sat down because my legs didn't work. And there were people jousting in the fountains in giant bins. And that was the perfect way for me to end the punk festival. You just getting sore. <laughs> we can sit down before you can set off walking back Mate, to my I was fucking knackered. <laughs> Being stood up for four days like stood up for four days straight it's like I don't stand up at work now it's like there's a shop that's I could throw a stone from my house and hit this shop and I drive to it if I need milk <laughs> I've got since passing my driving test last year I've become the laziest fucker in the world I just don't <laughs> walk anywhere I don't do it anymore so being stood up for four days oh, fucking you killed must, me you must fucking hate walking around with me sometimes <laughs> <laughs> you don't walk anywhere you fucking gun you run that's what my sister says <laughs> Yeah, it was a... Uh... Everyone else needs to keep up with my... Pe- I'm got places to go. Gotta get gone. It was me during some parts of this thing. <laughs> and I was like, this band finishes as this band starts. It's like, I need to be Hermione. I need to get, I need to get back turner. a fucking time turner. And be in two places at once to see these fucking two acts. But yeah, literally between some of the venues and some of the stuff, once I got my bearings on it, I was... We- because it was on my own as well, so it didn't fucking matter. Literally just weaving between people like an in- crowd coming in. I was just like... I've trained you well for that. I'm fucking just me. pro yeah, yeah. at cutting through a crowd. Yeah, yeah. It was good. Like proper Altair kind of like Assassin's Creed. Easing my way through this crowd of people. But yeah, I will definitely be trying to go next year, I think, because it was just fucking so cool. 
Well, you've answered nearly all my questions. I was rambling on. The only, the only two things I've written, I think you've technically answered one. I put <coughs> recommended act, which obviously you put forward for Lady Rage. Oh, Lady Rage. I if would, you get a chance, go on Lady Rage or Spotify. I think they've only got four tracks on there. But yeah, fucking go listen to them. I've got one here. I just put, did anyone just outright surprise you? Rather than like a, the best new act, like, was anyone you going to like, oh, these are middling or they're going to be fine? Did anyone like exceed your expectations? The Stranglers, I didn't think would be as good as what they were. So Stranglers being the best act of the weekend, I didn't think they'd be, I didn't think I'd If you'd have to make your predictions. I didn't think I'd enjoy it as much as I did. I, I, can't, I don't know. To, to be ending that night and thinking like, oh, I'm fine now, I've had my tickets worth. Well, it shows you something like you recorded No More Heroes or part of it. I me. did, I reported, yeah, yeah. Because that is one of those, like, you know, you have those, like, we have those stupid lyrics from copying, like, quick, you know, someone says, it's been a while. Yeah, yeah, it's You're been like, a while. If I hear something like, whatever happened, something like, whatever what happened, happened to. to. <laughs> yeah, and it was like, fucking, it was a very, very good set. It was very tight. Uh, the skids as well. The skids I didn't think would I'd enjoy as much as I did. Again, his humour on stage was fucking so funny. But that... Um, uh, Popes of Chili Town, I think, would be my surprise act. So besides be- the, the the brass influence, what was like? Why would I like them, and why would our good friend Fell fucking again? It was they was the the almost had elements of rap in their music, so it was like punk, but they had elements of rap, and then the scar element to it, and the brass. It was it was like a really good mix of all of them. They had like about. I don't know, probably not, but like 50 people on stage. Or like, it was like the band was having a party as they were playing their set kind of mm-hmm, thing. Mm-hmm. But yeah, their their crowd work was really good. And just their tempo and up-tempo and scar beats and stuff and off-beats. It was a bit kind of, a bit left field of everything else that I'd seen so far. But it worked cleanser. really well, yeah. But they were, I don't know, something about their style and their aesthetic and their actual sound. I was like, do you know what? Yeah, they, the lads would like this, yeah. And then my only other question is, overall, what was the best day? If you had to, like, take a bounce things from start, taking everything into account, not just the headline, not just the one bit, like, which day did you enjoy the best and why? I think the Friday. So the Friday, because I... Spent so much time outdoors. Exactly, because the weather was so fucking good outside, and then I didn't think the bands that I was going to go see would be as good as what they to were. To keep you outside. To keep me outside. And then making that decision to stay outside for the Stranglers rather than Sham 69. Pay dividends. Pay, exactly. In retrospect, it definitely worked a treat. But yeah, the, the bands literally, there weren't any other bands in between. It went from from the jam, which I knew a good amount of songs from, to the skids, who were fantastic. They were just really good. The undertones, because then you get Here Comes the Summer, Jimmy Jimmy and Teenage Kicks. And then ending with the Stranglers. Literally band after band after band. All outside. The weather was bliss. By this, by, by the time the Stranglers came out, it was dark. And they had all the red lights sort of flashing to uh, Waltz in Black as they came out. The towers all lit up in red. And it was like, I don't know, it was all... It was literally that kind of... The, the, set, the, the, set, the, the headliners for that end of that day went whoop, 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 whoop. <laughs> and then ended with Stranglers. And it was just like... Just built and built and built to a fucking amazing day. And you also got uh, Facebook famous, didn't you? You got in some of the oh, photos. Oh, yeah, some yeah. Of some, a, couple, a couple of the professional photographers that have been hired that were, they were wandering around the stuff. I mean, uh, two of their pictures, I think, that went across like some of the Blackpool photography groups and stuff. Which is <laughs> I think one of our good friends commented, you look like an ad for the job centre. Yeah, like for the jo- <laughs> yeah, ad for the job centre because I'm stored with my hair a mess with a can of Stella in one hand and a, a middle finger in the other. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it was. It's a good picture. That I'd make it my profile picture if I didn't think like managers and stuff would see it. 
<laughs> on my Facebook page. But yeah, it was a, it was a it was a great fucking weekend. Again, I mentioned it again. The weather was fucking bliss. I think if it had rained and it was windy and stuff, it'd have been a different festival. Especially the outdoor stuff, it'd be a different different thing. But yeah, very very good. Very highly recommend getting a ticket for next year. All right, and there's DB's review of his four-day vacation away from me and his other wife. <laughs> My uh, other wife. My other wife, yeah. <laughs> She's just the one on paper. <laughs> <laughs> it was good. I was home quite relatively early. Oh, don't time, give me so that I'm... now. Don't give me... I'm having none of this. <laughs> I sounds boring. The, the decision I made not to drink pretty much for the whole fest really paid off. Because I didn't feel shit any morning waking up. I didn't wake up any morning and go, oh, do you know what? I can't be asked. Every morning I was like, right, Brill, who's the first band I'm going to get there to see? And I just literally made the most of every day and I saw as many acts as I can. So yeah, let's quickly tot them up like I said I was going to do from the beginning. So we've got 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Twenty-seven bands. So yeah, twenty-seven bands across four days. For a hundred and forty. Hundred and forty-five quid it cost me. Yeah, and uh, obviously I didn't have to pay for a hotel because I could walk to the venue. I didn't. I got a bus, but literally uh, within distance of the actual venue itself was a uh, was being a bliss because I know a lot of people had difficulties with staying at hotels and. Their booking being cancelled the week before and really? that kind of shit show. A lot of places cancelled the booking a week before and then would advertise that room at double uh, the price. Of a cockulous. Yeah. It's fucking terrible. So, so I thought it'd be like, like they made the booking and then didn't realise it was Punk Fest and cancelled because they're like, no punks mm. or something. No. Well, but I was speaking to a couple of like say I got a breakfast sandwich from a couple of places in the town centre and they're like, people like the Punk Fest because they're friendly. Rather than, because Blackpool holds up the Young Farmers Weekend that comes up every year. And that's that can like be atrocious. That, that's like mattresses in the street, things mm. on fire. Like, yeah, that can be chaos. Yeah, those people can be cunts. But this, everyone I spoke to about it was saying like they're friendly. It's like even I say the end of the concert ended and there was people in bins, jousting <laughs> bins towards each other as much as they can, trying to get the bins to turn over. Everyone was just laughing and having fun and stuff. And there was two police officers on police horses watching and laughing along with it because no one's fighting each other. No one's getting drunk to the point where they're trying to kick a window in at one of the local shops. Everyone is part of a community and they understand that they don't want to cause trouble because they don't want to risk it not coming back next year. Mm. It's like it's because it's such a specified and big event for that community. It's, it's not worth the risk. It's just everyone's there to have a laugh and a good time. So yeah, it was a lot of people getting pissed in the street and a lot of police officers not giving a shit. It was, it was bliss. Well, I think anyone that's listened to uh, or you today should have a shot every time you use the word energy to see how pissed they are by the end of this episode. They're, they're, <laughs> I'm going to give like, any listener challenge. Because like, I, I have vocal tics, I know it works. But like, we'll do a DJ bingo card next time. Like, every time, every time <laughs> that's not my cup of tea or I mention... Uh, the UK charts or Spotify. Yeah, yeah. Well, we've got bullshit, but I think everyone has to do a shot every time you've said energy. I have written down energy a lot in my review, so that's a, that's a fair show. <laughs> I do I just need another word for energy. What's another word for energy? No, it's not my problem. It's your problem. <laughs> I'm not doing your homework. <laughs> Don't put me on the spot like I'm the dumbass. <laughs> it was fucking great. It was a great weekend, and I will definitely be going again. But yeah, thanks for listening, everyone. That was my review. It didn't actually go on that long, as long as I thought it did. We're we're less than an hour, I think, so there we go. 
Thank you very much to everyone for listening. We're uh, Gems of Rock at Gmail. If you want to shout at us, uh, we're on Facebook, we're on Insta, we're probably other places. But yeah, again, thanks for listening, and we'll catch you all on the next one. Ta-ra. See you soon. Bye-bye.